Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Gumshoe Gamer Podcast. My name is Gumshoe, or Ethan, or whatever you want to call me, and it's the first episode of the new year. I know it doesn't quite feel like a new year, but it is, and I'm here to remind you of that. Also with me to help you remind you of things is uh, the Golden Bolt. Hi. Hi. How are you? Welcome to December uh, 45th or whenever this goes live, 2020. All right. Yeah. And we really got to fix those calendars, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps going. Uh, How you doing today? I've been doing pretty good. How about you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Not too bad. Oh, so by the way, since you're new to the podcast uh, and all that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you make some some good videos. Well, thank you. Good, good might be an overstatement. Um, so, uh, hi, my name's Kevin. Uh, I run a YouTube channel called The Golden Bolt, uh, where I do uh, entertaining, informative, uh, sometimes educational. Uh, mainly gaming-focused content, um, retrospectives of older games or uh, documentary pieces on games such as, um, for example, Metroid Other M and how that game was bad, but how how it was how it led to it being bad. I can't speak today. That's good for it's like yeah, it's bad, but I I, I do it's, find it interesting. It's interesting, sort of bad. Yeah, it it was just fascinating going through that game because, uh, not to talk about that video specifically, but that was one that I made where I was working on a totally different video that involved Metroid Other M. And then playing Other M for the first time in pretty much, you know, 10 years or so, I realized, oh my God, like this is, it's not just like, it's a, it's not just that it's bad. It's that there's so much behind the scenes that you could tell was going on that led to that game. So I just had to research it and I found so many fascinating quotes from from um uh ninja team ninja not ninja theory i get them mixed up Uh, mixed up all the time too (laughs) team ninja and uh and sakamoto the director and pretty much the the stepfather of metroid and seeing how those styles you would think clashed but nothing really went wrong with that game as far as like the game turned out how they wanted it to it just that the concept was flawed so Mm. uh to to ramble essentially uh my videos are in in that sort of uh semi-documentary style where i love to really explore what behind a game made it tick and made it the way that it was um, so basically for someone that's never seen any any of your videos before would you recommend that uh metroid other m one that's i think good. that's if i had to pick a video of mine that like i would say is uh the best which is weird to say of your own content i know i think that's the one that currently takes the cake because it just everything that i had done throughout 2020 and prior kind of was encapsulated in that one video's structure uh and it was awesome to have like i have um guests that came on and, and voiced specific people involved in development so to have people um like uh our, our buddy that trav guy or um you know some call me johnny who is uh the person that mainly inspired me to create YouTube content in the first place turned into uh, an acquaintance of mine. And that's, that's wild to have him be able to, to join that's as insane. a voice uh, on that project was on top of everything else, as far as like writing and how that video is structured. Uh, that was the one where it was like, yeah, that's where it all came together. All right, then. Well, I, uh... Outside of just creating the content, I know you are also a quote-unquote gamer. So you've been you've been playing anything you want to talk about? 
here on the podcast where we talk about games because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, so I haven't played a ton of games since the new year, really, as far as new games go. Um, most of my my game catch up kind of comes in the last two weeks of December when I'm like, oh, God, I have to make a game of the year video. I haven't played half of these games. Oh, no. So uh, in the last like couple weeks of 2020, I went through and I finally started Hades. Um, oh, good. Yeah, the I last like podcast I, I I did, I basically gushed about, oh my god, I love Hades so much. So I'm, I'll make sure to not do that in this one. <laughs> I I I enjoy it. I I don't I don't love it as much as everybody else seems to. Uh, nothing as a fault of the game itself. I think it's just it's very good, and I don't think it's a ton more than very good. Um, which is good enough, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like the the wrinkles that it did, and I'm I'm a mythology and greco-roman history nerd so i love seeing them take the the characters of these of the greek pantheon and sort of really bring them to life in a way that we haven't seen uh in modern media really outside of you know god of war where everyone's just a dick i don't know i just always have sung super giants uh praises really love their 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 stuff and i also love how accessible hades is like even to someone that probably wouldn't uh like roguelikes at yeah, all? no the 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 god mode is I lo- it's a such a good touch. I, I love that that's there. I haven't tried it, but that the fact that it's there is huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, because you you did release a, a video just talking about uh your game of the years. So like, uh, I know you put like Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, it was like one of those games that I wish I had a PS4 for. It's just like, dang. Yeah, a it's, huge gap. It's it's interesting with Ghost of Tsushima because that's a game that I just was not excited for whatsoever for for years, uh, literal years. Because, I mean, it looked just like another open world game. Yeah, and that's still kind of what it is. Like, it's not really anything special, and that's kind of what makes it special. Like, it, and that's such a weird, you know, almost reductive thing to say, but it's so it's so interesting because I'm a big fan of Sucker Punch. I mean, I loved. Sly Cooper, it's one of my favorite. Sly 2, I would argue, is probably one of the top five PS2 games ever made. Um, I love Sly Cooper. Yeah, Sly 2 is fantastic. Uh, I still love the other two as well. But Sucker Punch's Sly games are excellent. Rocket Robot on Wheels is literally the first console game to ever use a physics engine, which is amazing. That was their first game on the N64, of all things. Uh, I loved Infamous 1, Infamous 2, Festival of, Blo- Festival of Blood exists. Second Son is where it all kind of went downhill because that game was rushed out a year ahead of schedule just to get a game out because they needed to delay the order and they ruined two games for the price of Man, one. Don't you hate it when games are just rushed out and are kind <laughs> Yeah, of- it's... Thank that, God that doesn't happen nowadays, right? No, we're in a gaming utopia now. But yeah, I just remember after Second Son, more more specifically after First Light had come out, there were uh, talks about how the, the vertical slice of whatever Sucker Punch's next game was was not impressing anyone at Sony, and they really were not happy with it. And then it got revealed as, you know, oh, this game looks painfully average, but really pretty. And so I just, I had no faith in it. And I only bought it because I made a joke in one video that I was going to make a video about Ghost of Tsushima. And so I did. And I'm glad I did, because that game, it just kind of hits in a way that I didn't, I didn't expect just another open world game to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's, I, I have slowly grown numb to over, uh, to these kind of open world games yeah. and I, I like to blame Ubisoft for, for that. How dare you? <laughs> but, 
But, you know, um, if there's one thing that I can at least credit Breath of the Wild for for uh, just making for once I actually got around to playing that being like, oh, open worlds can can be fun again. It kind of made it kind of like renewed my faith that that open world games aren't all that bad. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's not even that they're bad. It's just that they're all so incredibly formulaic, like genuinely. Mm -hmm. That, that's honestly any, my problem too yeah if you play any yubi game it for like the past decade they're more or less all the same and i don't mean that as a knock on any of them they're all fine but far cry is now part of the ghost recon series with wildlands so uh, you could say that far cry is a far cry from what it used to be <laughs> yes yes it, it's it's just fascinating seeing how yubi was able to boil all their games down to one basic formula that clearly has been working for them uh you know it's because they they get their day one sales and then they drop the price within a week to 30 bucks and they sell the rest of their copies at 30 bucks yeah well and it, it, and i mean eventually i did get around to playing um uh watchdogs too because i'm one of those people that didn't think watchdogs one was that bad of a game just very flawed but uh, uh and i ended up enjoying too which was weird because like at that point uh, the last Ubisoft game I played before that was I think Assassin's Creed Unity and uh I don't like to talk about that game. <laughs> it's a shame that Unity was the one that was so bad because man that setting is the most ripe setting for any game pretty much of oh, any God, I freaking love the setting so much and yeah it it is it's like there if 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 any of you play or have played U Unity uh it is still a pretty gorgeous looking game when you know it actually wants to work right um and i do think the setting is just is perfect but ooh, oh it's rough it's very yeah, rough i i i got into and fell out of assassin's creed in the span of i think three months um because i <laughs> bought assassin's creed one in 2011. yeah i bought assassin's creed one in 2011 uh, bought two because it was a buy two get one sale or whatever so i bought one liked one bought two loved two got brotherhood day one uh really really loved brotherhood and then like I, I swear to god like two days after brotherhood came out they were like hey we got a new one coming out next year and i was like i know where this is going see you later and i never played another one again <laughs> it's like oh uh. i was just like well no that's not true i did play revelations a little bit because okay. my buddy lent me his copy and i was just like yeah it's okay but uh, now that i'm out of the series i I'm just like, yeah, this already, I'm already bored of this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like, always I'm say glad that like, if, if, if you ever, if you never played an Assassin's Creed game, I just think the Ezio trilogy is enough. If you are the type that like, you want to see what, where, what, yeah. where it kind of led originally, though, I think four is the most accessible best one that you can kind of just mindlessly play. Yeah. But, you I, know, I'm glad the games exist as virtual tourism. Uh, again, as Pretty a history much. nerd, I love I love that they get the settings so uh, effectively pinpoint accurate. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people that really loved Odyssey, and I mean, I haven't yeah. really sat down and and played it, but you know, I'm glad yeah. to see people enjoy it. I've heard great things about the about the the new two, well, new three now, I guess, because Valhalla mm -hmm. exists. Actually, I haven't, heard great I, I, I haven't heard much about Valhalla, so which is probably not a good thing, but you know. <laughs> It's already 30 bucks sometimes, so that says all you need to know. Nothing about the game, just that Ubisoft finds a way to drop their games to half price within, like, I swear to God, a month. 
Legion was like 20 bucks at one point recently. Yes. Like, yeah. I think like for, <laughs> for Black Friday, you could get the, the PS5, Xbox Series X versions for like that, that cheap. It, it's amazing. And I'm like, it, what the heck? I, I don't know what their profit model is like, but I, I would love to see how they decide that. Yeah, let's do it. Screw it. Whatever. All right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I've also been playing games. Uh, well, I know I was uh, I said on the last on the last podcast was talking about Hades. So I like to uh, uh, take a moment to apologize for one certain thing and that's the devs at a uh, that that uh, release going under because you literally released a a uh, roguelike dungeon crawler right at the same time as Hades oof and it took me a bit to get around to it but I finally did I finally got around to playing going under and it's amazing I love it I'm not super familiar with going under the name rings a bell to me probably from preview trailers mm-hmm. but uh, uh it is a it's it, it is another indie game um by the team uh agro crab and the art style is just the most cutest thing ever it's made me laugh a lot and uh it's basically the the whole point of the game is you're an unpaid intern for the startup tech company but there's actually like other companies that have gone under um in underneath the company and they basically act as dungeons and you need to go through those dungeons to get like relics that will help boost productivity in the office uh there's a lot more to the game because there's basically three major dungeons and, and they're all set around startups that's failed um my favorite one is probably the dating app that was all just you could only use um, uh, uh emojis and every one of the npcs and all the uh things that and all the kind of enemies that you fight are basically just demons or little blobs and you can use like emoji uh <laughs> weapons too in that dungeon so yeah I, I, this one now rings a bell i might have been on it might have been on your twitter actually that i saw this one pop up um yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing now i know what you're talking about that that was one that piqued my interest but it's i i'm not a huge roguelike guy i like the concept uh but man i there's a lot of them and so it's hard for me to really Mm -hmm. dedicate the time to anyone when i would rather have a more dedicated experience if that makes sense generally that's just my player type if there is something that i can uh give credit to going under is that the dungeons are very short like you can beat one in 30 minutes. There's That's not too bad. Yeah, and uh given that and given that the nature I find it, it's not like like it's like I don't find it a grueling hard roguelike at all. Um and I think it is one that can appeal to the more casual gamer crowd for sure. Uh there isn't really like a lot of RNG at at play. And I do like the main uh like main mode of combat is just picking any random weapon you happen to find in in rooms and using it until it breaks but there's always like useful weapons in the next room or the next next room so you always find something really useful like i I never ran into a problem where i'm like man i wish i had this weapon because i ended up like loving something else that i didn't get a chance to use or finding a really cool thing that ended up lasting me to like literally the final boss (laughs) and uh 
it was great. So yeah, like major props for, uh, for, for all that. And, uh, uh I'm not going to say it's, there's not challenge in the game. Cause I do think the bosses, especially if you fight them for the first time, you're probably going to die at least a couple times, but it like, thankfully it doesn't take much to get back to those bosses. And even if you do die, um, you get currency, uh, I think it's called Q bits or something like that. And that is used so you can get more power ups that you find later in dungeons. So gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You, yeah awesome. So you never feel like you actually lost anything. That's awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Probably yeah. when it hits the sale sooner than later or sooner or later, rather not sooner than later. Yeah. I highly, I highly rec- recommend it. Uh, especially if, if you just want a, a little bit more of a casual experience, then I think this, this is great. Um, but you know, it, it, you can also go pretty hardcore if you want to do a no damage run, that's totally fine. Um, there are kind of optional tasks. Well, I say they're optional tasks, but because you don't really need to do them to complete the game, but, uh, like y- there are mentors that you can, uh, uh, do tasks for. And if you do tasks for or them, which is like, I remember one of them being like, Oh, on this floor of, of a dungeon, you can't like dodge roll at all. And I'm like, Oh, what the heck? Really? That's um, interesting. but if you manage to do that, then if you equip the manager at like the start of of your run then they can give you different uh bonuses or just change uh how the dungeon kind of starts because there's one that will literally give you some food to start with in case you take damage early on yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's stuff like that that made me really like the game because i will admit when i started it i wasn't kind of jiving with how the combat flow was, but later on when, uh, when you just start to see a more, uh, like a variety of weapons and skills, then I I thought it was really good. And the writing also made me laugh, but you know, maybe that's just because I'm easy to entertain. But yeah, I actually thought the writing was pretty good. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I have to, I have to look more into this one. Definitely. Definitely. Um, the other game, uh, I, I guess I should probably mention is that, uh, recently over on, on my Twitch, I completed, uh, a Sonic Heroes all a rank run. And I'm only bringing this up because I want to stress to everybody, please don't do what I did. Don't do an all a rank run. It, it will ruin your life. Like it probably did mine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that wants to play Sonic Heroes normally, let alone, let alone an all A rank run or an all emblems run or anything like that. Man. Okay, because like, okay, because here's the thing. Um, I've been slowly going through and completing Sonic games that I've never actually completed before. It 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 started with the SA two because I actually never 100% of that until two years ago. It's either two, yeah, I think it's two years ago, but by now, um. And that was fun. I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that for Sonic Metro 1. And then now it's Heroes' turn. And originally I wasn't going to do an all A rank run, but I started getting A ranks just anyway. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. And then Team Chaotix hit. <laughs> Freaking just, just Team Chaotix, guys. I swear to God. Oh my God. I, I can't with them. They, it's, it's like a lot of it is just some bullshit that you're just not going to see. 
especially especially when it comes to their robot storm and you gotta you either gotta you gotta do that stupid cannon thing or you know figure out a good positioning to where you can just hit the enemies with thundershoot really quickly uh but even then it's like i'm pretty sure the game is not intending for you to do that but apparently you can i just i just said screw it and tried to go for that and eventually i got it but oh man yeah, one day, one day I'll play Sonic Heroes in full, but man, I'm not, not looking forward to it. Super hard mode was, was, was totally not worth it though. Just want to say that super hard mode was not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe that. I believe that. Now shout out the hedgehog on the other hand, which is uh, a, a better game. I, I, I'd say is there is more merit to completing it than uh, heroes. Unless you really, really like the the multiplayer in Heroes, which I mean, yeah, there's probably someone out there that really likes the multiplayer in Heroes. I just think like that weird outrun style of level progression where you still have to start with I forget the name of the starting town, uh, starting level city, um, in Shadow, but that that whole structure and having to do that only for the true ending to not matter with any of the endings you got. Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, it holds. It definitely hold holds it back for for sure. But I also don't think it's in comparison to Sonic Heroes. I don't think it's as uh, of a ch- as much of a chore. Hundred yeah, percent. But I'll find out later because I'm definitely going to be doing that at some oh, point. Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the last game I want to talk about before we reach into the the news segment is Yakuza Seven, which I finally got. So how far are you? Uh, I have I just finished chapter three, and I am I want to say a little over two. Um, I think I'm about twenty hours in because I okay, yeah, might okay. be a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure I'm like twenty hours, and that's just because I spent too much time on the side, uh, just mini games, and I didn't realize like I should probably progress the story. No, that that's Yakuza. That's yeah. all of them. I promise that's all of them. Um, uh, fair warning for seven. This is not a spoiler. Um, just make sure you have uh, enough money in the next chapter to buy armor for each of your characters on head, body, and and legs. I think are the three. Oh, um, I already made sure that to like buy buy armor. I got super lucky and and happened to find golden plates really early in the game and just used that okay, money to good. buy equipment. There's a soft wall if you don't have armor, and the game expects you narratively to be poor, and then says, "Hey, you need to have like forty thousand yen, oh, which is only four hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's not like it's a lot, but you're literally supposed to be homeless up until that point in the game. So yeah, um, and mm-hmm. make sure make sure just save your money. There's a point. There's a point where you're going to need to spend money for for narrative. Make just save save all your money." Okay, good because I still have a few gold plates. I, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I think it's like, I think it's like a million yen. I think oh, you need. Dang, uh, which won't be that hard to get by that point. Don't get me wrong. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? That 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 is probably true because like, uh, I, yeah. I at this part have have as far as I've gotten into, I still haven't found a, a fourth part uh, party member. So it's before that. Yeah, it's um. So I'm still pretty early. Yeah, it by the time. The part that I'm talking about is like pretty, pretty far into the game, uh, and you'll have already unlocked the business mini game, which will give you all the money okay. you need and then some. Um, do do the business mini game too, because that a it's kind of fun, and b uh, 
it, it helps. It helps a lot. We want to know what minigame I found really fun. It's probably going to be as like no shocker, but the dragon cart. I, I'm surprised you found dragon cart. Cause I literally beat the game and I knew where it was. I knew for a fact that I knew where it was, but I thought there'd be like a main quest that would make you do it first. Cause normally in Yakuza, it's like, Hey, there's this main quest where you have to go to the batting cages and then you do. And like, that's just a mission that it happens. And then it's like, you now have the batting cages. Uh, the dragon card is not at all ever referenced in the story. It just oh. exists. They, they just shoved it in there for some reason. Okay. So. Well, I just happened to notice that there was a sub story near, uh, cause like in chapter three, when you, uh, you are you're pretty close to where the park is, uh, um, where the dragon cart is and i noticed there's a sub story there i'm like okay i'll go there don't know what's over there oh there's an entire mini game yeah yeah i i normally play a lot more of the side stuff than i did in yakuza 7 um just because i was so so invested in the story this time around that i just i had to keep going uh there's still a lot of side stuff that i haven't done when i've gone back and tried to like dabble in it more uh because man that game is just that game is so meaty yeah, the fact the fact that I spent just so much time on a lot of the side stuff here just reminds me of when I played Zero for the first time, where I also did the same thing, uh, and and it got to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna actually progress the main story, but I really want to do that. Like I I like so yeah yeah, I, yeah at 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 some point I literally just had to stop myself and be like, okay, I'll I'll do this just after because I just, I want to see where where the story goes. Honestly, at a certain point, it's for the best that you're doing a lot of this stuff. Maybe not at this this early, but at some point, because uh, the game is not very well balanced. So for those that may not know, Yakuza 7 was not always meant to be an RPG. Uh, it turned into an RPG last year. Well, 2019, so not last year anymore. Uh, they did an April Fool's joke in April 2019, I believe, uh, where the game was suddenly an RPG and it was all a joke and everyone laughed and said, Oh, that's pretty funny that they made the game into an RPG for an April Fool's skit. And somewhere, somehow the team at RGG studio and Sega said, Hey, everyone's really reacting positively to this. What if we actually made this an RPG? And so in nine months, uh, from, well, not nine months, uh, no, about nine months from April till January, when it came out in January, 2020 in Japan, uh, they turned this game from what we're assuming was a regular Yakuza beat-em-up into an RPG. So there's a lot of stuff where you can tell, oh, yeah, no, you can tell this was kind of rushed. Uh, and then other times you're amazed that this game even was possible because they converted everything in nine months into a full-ass RPG. So uh, it's really noticeable near the end of the game uh, because there's a section where you're pretty much going to be 10 levels underleveled. Uh, technically there are two of those because, uh, there's one part where you, 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 you do a thing. I'm being very vague here. You do oh, a yeah, thing. We'll try. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. By the way, don't worry. We're not going to spoil, uh, no, no. Yakuza here. There's, there's a, there's a point at which there's the usual Yakuza series combat arena. Uh, and when you get to that point, do it, just do, just do the arena because, uh, you, you need to be like level 45. Um, otherwise you are going to get your ass kicked. Um, it and is by very the much the game, like a, like an RPG though. I swear, <laughs> but yeah, it was just weird. Cause they threw a whole, like, here's an hour worth of arena. Just spend this hour grinding and you'll be back to where you should be. And then 
even then, after doing that, by the end of the game, I was 10 levels underleveled again, which wasn't a problem because this game's leveling doesn't actually seem to matter. Like, it does, but there were times I where level like 15... I feel like ahead. the levels is more so you can get the skills. The skills are really what's important. Yeah, because um, the stats are fascinating because there are enemies, like even now, I'm like level 65 or 70 or something like that. There are enemies that I'll run into that are like level 20 that will do more damage and survive longer than level 40 enemies. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just kind of random. And much, I think a lot of that is because they were so back to the wall. Uh, it kind of reminds me um, a bit of of SMT where I feel where I always say the the level count doesn't matter. It's what you can do with the levels that matter. It's the skills. It's the it's how yeah. you you use uh, certain your tactics. In other words, that's more important. Yeah, yeah. It really it really really is with this one. Uh, and that's what made me really like it. Where I kind of yeah. felt like, oh yeah, cool. I don't. It was it's weird because it's like I do want to grind, but I also don't feel like there's a strong need, at least yet anyway, where like I have to always. Uh, if, if 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 it feels like that, it's mainly because like money. Oh, I'm I'm broke and I want to buy some equipment, so I guess I'll grind money, um, <laughs> or something like like that. But uh, yeah, um, I also do kind of want to point 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 out here that um. I, 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 as I said before, but like, I, I really think that this, this style, like making Yakuza a, a, uh, a JRPG and having it turn-based, I honestly, I, I think it's a much better combat system than what was before. Yeah. I'm, you've played, have you played just zero or have you played some of the others as well? I played zero K one and K two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I think for the most part, I agree. Uh, I think that if they do another game in the Judgment series, I would like that to remain that beat 'em up style. Uh, but I was so impressed at how well the RPG system worked out for this game and for Ichiban as a character, obviously, because he's such a huge Dragon Quest nerd. I, I, um, can't, I can't believe they wrote that into story so well. It's like, yeah, yeah, like they literally they got Square uh, Square Enix's permission to reference Dragon Quest constantly and they and square was just cool with it yeah i i on i like i was amazed i thought it was going to be all something like a chapter one thing and then you know after that they're not going to reference like as as heavily but no no it's constant what's constant yeah it's it's constant but it's so endearing like it's not like Mm -hmm. it's just forced at all it genuinely is from the heart that these writers and then this whole team loves rpgs and loves dragon quest and you can tell that they made this, I would argue, probably the best love letter to RPGs that has ever existed as a video game. I I I love that the enemies just transform and it's basically just all in Ichiban's mind. And it's like, yeah, I love that. That's, that's such a great yeah. that's a great excuse. But it's so it. well done. And and for that to complement such a such a damn good story. Like I, you're still in the in the very Oh yeah, I know. I'm I'm still yeah. on, but even then I'm like, I love all of these characters. Yeah. Like you're at the part where it's like it's all character work. And, and and things have not started dropping yet mm-hmm. and that when they do it's like you you just will not be able to stop i i loved you know i loved yakuza kiwami uh kiwami 2 i think is i i would argue it's one of the better games ever made because that story is just so 
well-timed and well-paced and oh, same that game is same so here well oh, same here like i and, i love Kwame too like the 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 yakuza series has such a unique style of 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 framing and cinematography as far as video games go that when you see it, you're like wow like this this really is something different and it's not just goofy bullshit or whatever it's like if you watch the um the cutscenes in in Kwame too you can find a comparison video where those cutscenes with like actual crossfades around, you know, like Kiryu, like in a room and it's like panning around him and it crossfades from in, an interior to, you know, an exterior. I'm trying to be vague about that too. You can see all of those animations and all those crossfades and all those styles in the original PS2 game that came out in 2007, I think. Wow. And it's just, it's just so fascinating to see. And seven is very much in that same vein where it, just has such a unique style as far as games go that really the only franchises that I would say tend to like have that same sort of hybrid of of cinematography and gaminess are like Kojima's. Because no other fucking RPG, like pardon my language, but no other RPG has an hour and a half of actual genuine cutscenes. In a row. Honestly, yeah, I I would I would also agree because it's it's like really can, rare. You can say persona, but persona are text boxes and and dialogue boxes and and obviously they're all they're all generally spoken. I'm talking actual like acted motion captured for at least for mm -hmm. some part cutscenes with like five minutes of gameplay in that first hour and a half, and that is like Metal Gear Solid Four on on speed yeah and, and it works and also like 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 keep in mind this is what people like about the series so that's how good these cutscenes are that's how good the narrative for these games are where people are where people are like yes cutscenes an hour oh sweet i'm here for it it's it's just the perfect amount of like melodrama combined with like even at the start i was i was iffy on how much they were kind of like setting up the plot because I thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, it's very, it's very clearly going for, you know, this sort of basic betrayal plot that's been advertised in the trailers. Because the thing with Yakuza for me is I've been able to unintentionally call just about every Yakuza game. Like I've called like, oh, that's the villain or like, oh, that's the twist. And I, I've said it to one of my buddies who like he got me into Yakuza and he'll just like he'll be quiet. Obviously, he won't say anything. And then later he'll be like, how the fuck did you know that? And this one, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to go this way. It, nope i was i was so far off and i was so glad that i was because I, I mean this 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 won my best story award for 2020 above games like uh final fantasy 7 remake the last of us 2 13 sentinels which is probably the best storytelling achievement gaming's ever had this won because although it has some really stupid moments and has a really weird shark jump moment that only yakuza could get away with the characterization and the emotion in this game is just unparalleled and I can't wait to finish it in a year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there's a point where like once you get in, once you get to that point, you're you're not going to be able to stop. I was up to like 5 a.m. three nights in a row. Just like I had to keep going. <laughs> oh, God. And, and oh, man, this is, this is also coming from me where I where I basically did the same thing when I finally got around to playing Xenoblade. Thanks to the definitive edition. Where I legit could not stop playing that game forever. <laughs> But yeah, I, I had to force myself to stop with Xenoblade and incidentally at the exact same place where I stopped the first time, but for different reasons, 
Like I still need to go back to it. I just don't have the time. Yeah. But anyway, we should probably stop talking about games. It's going to go on. For, <laughs> this is going to go on forever. But like, seriously, that's just how good Yakuza is. Okay, guys, yeah. like we wouldn't be like, singing. It's, it's, it's praises over for nothing. I there's, there are two games, two game series that have completely ruined my, my video schedules since I've started my channel. Uh, in the past five years. And Yakuza has been four of those five games. Uh, it's just like that one series. Like, it, it, Kiwami 1, I immediately started Kiwami 2. I had to keep going. I had to see what was happening. After Kiwami 2, I would have went to 3 if 3 was out on PS4 yet. But I waited. I was like, no, I'll play Judgment first. Played Judgment. Ruined my the rest of my 2018 video schedule. And then I played 3 at some point midway through the year. Ruined my schedule again. Played Yakuza 7. Ruined my schedule again. Like, every time... I cannot stop. So if there's any series that you have not played yet that you should play, it's Yakuza. All those games are like 15 to 20 bucks. You can get them on Game Pass now if you have an Xbox oh, yeah. or PC. Um, there's no the, reason not to. Yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of that, um, the remastered collection, which is 3, 4, and 5, is, as I think by the time, I was going to say by the time this is released, but probably not by the time this is released, but soon those are coming to Xbox and Game Pass, and so is 6. So literally all of the Yakuza games will be available on like PC and Xbox and PS4. Yeah. There's just, there's no excuse not to at this point. It's, it's such a damn good series that, that more people need to see. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, with that out of the way, uh, enough talking about games. Let's talk about games now. Wait a minute. Garlic bread is my favorite food. I can eat it for every meal. You get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? So, you heard about that Scott Pilgrim game coming back? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited that it exists again. And I'm excited it's getting a physical release now by Limited uh, Run Games. I accidentally typed LGR, Limited Game Runs, but you know, <laughs> that's fire. And you lazy game reviews? Yeah, I, it's the moment that they announced uh, that Scott Pilgrim was coming back, I knew for a fact Limited Run was involved. Like, I knew that they were going to get the physical release licensing. There was just no way they weren't going to. Oh, no, definitely. Though, I mean, it is it's kind of a shame that they're, like, the only company that seems to kind of monopolize this. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are others, but, you know, the fact that we just immediately go to, oh, yeah, it's going to be Limited Run games, like, all the time. Well, there was there was something they said recently that bothered me, which was this isn't really related to Scott Pilgrim, so uh, sorry for the tangent in advance. But they there the um, DSiWare version of the eShop, the DSi Store or whatever it was called, has started being pulled um, the past week or two, and Limited Run made some sort of snide comment about oh you know this is why we you know this is why we made a physical copy of uh, Shantae Risky's Revenge. You know, now if you want to play it, you have to get that version. Or it was something to that tune. And I just thought it was really weird coming from a company that specifically releases limited amounts for the sake of capitalizing on fear of missing out uh, to advertise. Yeah, you know, if you want, you know, if you want Shantae's Risky's Revenge, you could either buy it digitally on, on PSN now, because it's still on PS4, and it's not like PSN's coming down anytime soon. Or you can get our limited physical copy that we released, you know, two years ago or some sometime pretty far ago that now goes for a hundred dollars or more. It, it's just, I like limited run 
I own a lot of their games. I own way too many of their games, but I don't like that they always try and play that digital future boogeyman and then do the same thing, except that their games obviously will be on physical copies. You'll just have to pay six hundred dollars to get them because yeah, see, that's limited. that's that's always that is my my biggest problem with 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 them is the fact that they're like, well, once it's over, okay, now I gotta, oh geez, they end up being yeah. like the most expensive things for if you want a physical version, which yes, later on will probably be the only version in if we're in the future. That's a possibility. That's always a possibility, but still. Uh, in any case i am i am glad to see scott pilgrim at least uh, having a physical version though you know for a fact the pre-order is just going to go flying off because this because this game got delisted once it's probably going to happen again that's the thing i mean famous last words i don't think this one gets delisted again i think that this is like very clearly they 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 all made sure that this is like a, a if not in perpetuity kind of deal it's going to be pretty damn close because they won't let it happen again that's just my hunch i just i i, don't know. I, I hope so i i hope it i hope it doesn't because i because it, it was one of those games that um i got close to when it was delisted um and it it, was, it just happened to be on sale on the xbox 360 store I was like, oh, sure, I'll pick this up. Uh, I like the film. Because at that point, I, I, that's all I knew of Scott Pilgrim was just the, yeah. just the movie. Um, and now I'm like, well, I love this. I love everything about it. So, yeah, that, I blame the game for really getting me in, into Scott Pilgrim. But, you know, oh, well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Scott Pilgrim was very much a product of its era as well. Because the current oh, totally. complete edition or whatever... Uh, that's coming out on Steam, so it's never going anywhere ever again. Like there, there will always be a way to play Scott Pilgrim as long as Windows exists. And even then, even if it didn't, someone would find a way to emulate Windows. Uh, so it's the previous time was because it came out right at that weird uh, era where a lot of these smaller Xbox Live arcade games only came out on Xbox Live and, and PS3, PSN. So it's one of those where. Now, even if it were somehow delisted again in a couple of years, it's never going anywhere because there will always be a copy somewhere you can find. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not mm. I, I'm not worried about it this time. All right, then moving on, uh, we have. Oh, geez, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher this. This, this is this name because I'm terrible with names, but I believe it's pronounced Sukihime or Suki. Yeah, pretty sure it's Sukihime or Jaime. it's one of those one of the one of the two I, I'm, I'm i'm so terrible with names I, i'm sorry <laughs> but anyway some i know that uh let's say 99 percent of people are gonna like what the hell are you talking about what is this so back uh, so uh do you know of this very popular a, a, anime series that started out as a visual novel called fate's called fate stay night or rather just fate in general no okay that's gonna be really (laughs) awkward um basically uh this is a prequel visual novel um that came out i came out uh in literally two uh literally 2000 it was either 2000 it was very early to 2000 um and the visual novel is 
highly regarded as one of the best in uh in that sort of style uh and it's getting a remake um it's literally announced like the first week of 2021 and it came out of nowhere um this is it 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 title it um uh, this uh, this is also the prequel to the very uh, uh, cult, uh, the very famous cult hit fighting game Melty Blood. If you ever heard of that, that rings a bell, but I only know the name. Yeah, probably. Um, this is this is the most. I think this is the most cult game niche thing I have talked about on this podcast. But I always like talking about something that people probably have no idea about. I do recommend looking looking it up. Do not watch the anime though, because the anime is terrible that they that they did on this. Just, just don't, please don't. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll actually I'll I'll make sure to provide some links in the description for stuff if you are ever curious about about this. Because uh, yeah, for all my because I know uh, there's the people that listen to this do like visual novels, so I want to shout out to uh, to all of them that hey. This is coming out. If you didn't know, now you know. Though you probably knew because, you know, it is pretty niche. <laughs> uh, awesome. But yeah, moving on, we have the Monster Hunter Rise demo. Did you play that? Like, I'm curious. Did uh, you actually get a chance to play that? I have not yet. Um, I know one of my buddies, well, two of my buddies are, are very into it already. I, um... I'm kind of waiting and seeing because it sounds like Rise did my it, it fixed my biggest issues with World, uh, which were that oh, you can't that? actually play that game with your friends. They lied. Like you can, but you can't. Uh, oh, my wait, really? I, okay, because okay, because like full full disclosure, I I tried World and I I just I just couldn't get into it. I, I just could not. Um, that it, was like I think a year ago though. Yeah, it's it's weird because you can play with friends, but they expect you to beat the game first solo, essentially, and then do like the later game monsters with your friends. Because That's if you weird. haven't played if you haven't played the game yet, it won't let your friends join until after at least in most levels, until after the cutscene to introduce that 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 level or that hunt. Sometimes halfway through, once you get to another cutscene, then it'll let people join. So when we tried playing, we tried playing two or three separate times, and it was essentially two of us waiting around for 15 minutes while the other would start the mission, and then we could play together for five minutes, and then it would load us back into our own separate worlds, and it was just, it was just awful. Like, it was that not, it, it was the most Nintendo online system I've ever seen out of Capcom, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, that's also saying a lot, given that this is going to be a Switch exclusive at least for the time being. I don't know. It, it, it might get ported later on. Who knows? Yeah. Honestly, it, at this it, point, it's all up in the air. It seems like they um, they adjusted for that issue and may maybe have fixed it for this game. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm, I'm not in a rush to find out. So I have played a, uh, a bit of, of the demo. I've, I've yet to do the second like main monster hunt mission, uh, which is the, the harder one of the two. But the little bit that I've played has actually made me uh, a bit more uh, optimistic of the Monster Hunter series. I, I I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe it's the fact that I feel like there's a lot more uh, uh, range of movement that you can do. I like that just being able to 
ride things that I don't think was like I don't think um uh, being able to like ride kind of beasts were were in other Monster Hunter games. I don't know. No. Maybe that was, but yeah. But I mean, I mean, this is called Monster Hunter R- Rise, so I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know anything. That's 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 basically this point. I don't know anything. I just really found the demo to be endearing and made me interested in the game, which I guess is a good thing for demos. So yeah, yeah. check it out. Uh, it looks gorgeous for a Switch game too. I have oh, to say that. Yeah, they definitely. Push the system way to its limit. The Switch is a very impressive console. I will say that. I I I, I feel like every couple of months there's a game to remind me like, Oh yeah, this is what you can do on the switch. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I think I would say this is the first one that really impressed me probably since breath of the wild, as far as like visuals go, because nothing gets the switch. I mean like that, there are just very few games that have hit me in like the wow, mm-hmm. wow kind of way. Uh, and breath of the wild was, was obviously the first one. There's probably one or two in between that I can't think of right now, but I mean, until they get Xenoblade X on there, I'm not going to be impressed again. Probably. That, game, that game's just insane. I I I want it to be on there just so I can play it, because you know I I I'm one of the uh, the many people that just did not get a Wii U. Good news, they're like fifty bucks now. Hmm. hmm. But is they're, it worth it? Just cheap. one game? Because that's probably the um, only thing I'll I'll get. I mean, at this point, I mean. If Tokyo Mirage Sessions got ported, there's no way that Xenoblade won't at some point. See, yeah, that's so, that's that's why. That's why I'm like, okay, I, maybe I, I, pretty much, I pretty much choose my Wii U because it's the ultimate retro console at this point. Because you can get, if you with a little bit of work, you can put essentially any game on there from any Nintendo system except for the Switch and the 3DS. Everything else is fair game. Oh, that's actually really like huh. I'm running. Okay, I'm running GameCube games and 1080. I'll probably. Um, like my thing is if, if my Wii eventually dies, then I'll probably just get a Wii U. That's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. bet. Um, cause I, I used to have a GameCube setup and I just don't anymore. Cause the way that those games come out when you play them via the Wii U's, um, emulation. Oh, oh, it's so, it's so pretty. Okay. Well, you, you, you kind of actually sold me on like eventually getting one. So, cause I, I, I didn't know about that at all. Yeah. It's like, there the the homebrew community for the wii u is just insane because the the gamecube stuff is awesome um i I haven't played too many games in uh 16.9 but you can normally uh, extend the um the borders of the screen like uh, show like what would be off screen uh and most games don't tend to have too many graphical glitches if you do that so like you can play sunshine not that you need to anymore but you could have played sunshine in you know 1080p uh actual 16.9 resolution and it wouldn't have had too many like off-screen graphical glitches because they you know that part of them of the game view is still there it's just not part of the hud because most tvs were four three back then oh, um yeah. but uh just it's all it's all so pretty and then there's like virtual boy emulation there are two pokemon mini emulators two separate ones for the pokemon mini of all things wow it, it's it, it's insane yeah my, my 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 thing is though I'm also wondering like it would probably be the best place for DS stuff though though I know yeah. that um though I, though again I don't know how well it would translate but I mean given that <laughs> given that you actually do have a touchscreen you can use it would probably be good yeah. I mean DS emulation was already native on the Wii U as it was mm-hmm. like that was already a thing with the virtual console games so it's just um 
just a matter of how you want to orient the screen, really. Yeah. And, and and I just say that all because like uh I think of like the world end ends with you and that's such a great game. Like don't get don't get me wrong, I, I, I like that game a lot and but you have to play the DS version and it kinda sucks that like the best way to experience it really is on like a DS. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the the new version that they're working on is going to end up being. Much oh no, more it, it it looks like a totally diff- different game, which is honestly good because then yeah. more people will probably play it. But like, yeah, even if you get the Switch version, it's it's very awkward to control. Not that you can't get into it, because like I I personally was fine with just using the Switch's Switch as a touchscreen, and and it worked fine enough for me. But I know. I know for a fact that if you just play it on a DS on the actual hardware it was designed for, because it was really designed for that, then it, that's just the best way to play it. And it kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, I, I have the Switch version. I haven't put too much time into it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it seems like that's the general consensus. Is that, so <laughs> I mean, the not, Switch version gave you two options. Version. It either, yeah. either gave you, you use it, you use it handheld or you're using a pointer like with one of the Joy-Cons. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. Oof. They tried, okay? I'll give them this. I'll give them this. They tried and at at, at least it exists. It's the it best was enough to it was enough to green light a new one, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, honestly. And of course the anime, which oh, I'll yeah. definitely be watching. Uh but yeah, anyway, I guess since we're still on N- Nintendo, we should probably talk about, you know, 3D World and the epic kaiju battle that apparently is going to happen. That that DLC is so interesting to me, and I'm I'm so excited for down the road when we find out if it actually was Odyssey DLC lumped into this and like converted into a 3D World effectively DLC. Because the the way that that game like the way that that expansion looks like it plays, it, it looks like it's it looks like it was part of Odyssey at one point. Honestly, yeah, I see it. I, yeah, I do. No, no, I'm thinking about it. I I wasn't originally thinking about that, like, when I was watching it, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I really can. You know, a a big, chunky open world with a bunch of stars to collect. That's not 3D World at all. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not even close to 3D World. It seems to have a lot of, like, Odyssey stylings to it. Uh, it, it references Sunshine as much as Odyssey did, which is interesting because Odyssey had the Isle Delfino and a couple other, you know, smaller references. And this game, this expansion seems to be paying off on those. So it's it's all interesting to me, and it kind of helps explain why 3D World has um, is it the the roll? Is that is that the move that they took? No, the dive. They the took dive, Odyssey yeah. dive and put it into 3D World on top of making the game just faster. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I don't really care. I love 3D World. I love that game a lot. Uh, okay, I, I, I don't. I, okay, because like three, three, 3D World is another one I have yet to play because I didn't own a Wii U. Oh no, wait, actually, that's a lie. I did play it over at a friend's house, and I thought it was pretty fun. But I don't own it because I didn't own a Wii U. So there's that. But it is one of those Mario games that I feel is pretty split. As I know people that really like it, and I know people just can't stand it. It's. I mean, the thing to me is that that game sold almost exclusively to the hardest of hardcore Nintendo fans because it was on the Wii U. So 
I think that there are a ton of Nintendo fans that did not even play the game, and I think that helps the opinion seem more split than it would be. Okay. Because uh, I know that there are people that are um, upset that it's not a quote-unquote real 3D Mario game or that that game somehow took away from what would eventually become Odyssey's development despite Odyssey being developed by a different team. That's neither here nor there. But it... I think 3D World was like the perfect coda on that style of of like the new Super Mario series because that seems like it's probably done with them porting the Wii U version to Switch. It seems like they're kind of done with that style. Thank God, because I, honestly, I was getting kind of sick of it, just seeing it everywhere. Yeah. yeah, but but 3D World just 3D World to me, like I know everyone always wants Galaxy Three. I always kind of felt the 3D World was kind of. A multiplayer galaxy three without the the you know the spherical stuff but it has the same level of like you know uh challenging gimmicks and a lot of the same gimmicks that galaxy uh two especially but also galaxy one had and it puts them together in a unique way uh, it just doesn't have the space gimmick that's that's really it to me space gimmick and the, and the spherical worlds otherwise it always felt like an extension of what galaxy would have been if it's like it's, it's basically like com- and com- combining really. the new super mario bros games and galaxy that's how i've that's how i've yeah. always yeah. seen it yeah and and the multiplayer is it's passable i'm hoping the online version for the this new port i'm hoping that's not horrible oh God, i'm expecting it to be horrible um but especially after having played i i've been playing this past week Sackboy's uh big adventure um which is effectively sony's mario 3d world I've been playing that online because now the online uh, exists because that was supposed to be a launch and then they had to delay it for for whatever reason. But it works now online. It works online cross-play with rollback netcode. So balls in your court, Nintendo, because if, if Sumo Digital can do it, then then there's no reason you can't. <sighs> but it's Nintendo, so... I know. <laughs> I, I know they won't. Very sweet. I was going to say... It's, it's interesting seeing how well the online works in Sackboy. Like, it's got problems, but the problems all relate to the fact that you literally roll back to wherever the game thinks you're supposed to be on the host screen. And it doesn't pop up too much. Uh, yeah, but I, I, it's so much better. Like, there's no lag. There's, it just, it's just that you might accidentally fall to your death every now and then, which is fine because there are checkpoints every 30 seconds. Which is basically how most platformers are now nowadays unless they are specifically going for that hardcore challenge mode then it's generally like dying doesn't really seem to be that big of an issue yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is nice it's nice um yeah. but yeah i guess that's our piece on on 3d mario world uh all right mario 3d wow i, I totally got the name wrong oops well then anyway um, the last bit of news that literally came out of nowhere, uh, was Indiana Jones game by the wolf, new Wolfenstein devs for some reason. Wow. Never would have thought that would happen. And then it broke earlier today that on top of that one, Ubisoft's working on another Star Wars game with the guys who made the division two and maybe the division one. I'm not sure if they're the same team. So, uh, EA's Star Wars deal is up. Because Lucasfilm Games is just kind of going through and, and working with everybody. And it's very interesting that all these announcements are happening suddenly after Lucasfilm Games became a thing again, or rather rebranded. So it's very clear that none of these are going to be anytime soon. Like These are all announcements oh, yeah, no. of announcements. 
definitely not. It's it's we're probably going to see them again in like two years, and then if if that really that yeah that's yeah. that's me like being optimistic. Just like give it a best case scenario two two years time, and we'll see at least one of these pop up again. Yeah, I um I'm excited to see you know what. I, both of those games turn out to be. I'm not super excited for the Star Wars one um, because it's probably just going to be the division, but in the old Republic. Uh, bet it'll happen, um, or it'll be the division in you know like post Empire between six and seven, where they're putting everything they're doing nowadays. So I mean, that is a good time frame. No, I love I love that era from that you know getting that expansion of the lore to like lead into what would become you know, the future of, of the Star Wars series. But it's just fascinating that everything they've done at this point is like the very end of the of episode six into that, you know, 20 year gap between six and seven. I find that, I find that interesting. I mean, that's just because, you know, the new trilogy is, uh, well, the new trilogy. So it's probably a safe bet to be like, yeah, we're going to just like distance ourselves from that. But like, we kind of have to address it that like, that's what, that's what will happen. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones, that'll be an interesting one because machine games, they're they make very solid games. Uh, I even I even liked Youngblood like, you know, and it's not like the best game ever, but I I thought it was solid except for the level up system or the (laughs) that's really the only thing I I didn't like for the gross looter shooter elements. It would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, they're they're incredibly solid. I just I don't know. I question. I question a lot of Microsoft's strategies regarding buying Bethesda for $7 billion because, you know, on one hand, it's good because you have all those IP as, as Microsoft. And then now you have this licensing deal that's going to give you an Indiana Jones uncharted game. Cause that's what it's going to be. Uh, but it's also like uncharted is over. Like not that Indiana Jones can't just suddenly come back into the zeitgeist and, and, and boom and do super well. But every, developer that microsoft has bought they've kind of let them keep doing what they were already doing before rather than pushing forward and trying to like be on that bleeding edge of of game development and game concepts so you get things like gears is still gears is still gears is still gears and you get halo still being just halo and obviously whatever they're doing with infinite now infinite was supposed to be something else but then I mean, that game's gone through more creative directors than than Star Wars. Uh, so it's it's just interesting because it's like Microsoft has all the money in the world to buy up all these developers and all these publishers. But unless they're really giving them the the backing to change like their those companies' interior culture to push them to be that cutting edge, you're going to get another sea of thieves. You're going to get these companies doing what they were already doing or doing things that were already behind the the times as it were and i just i find it so interesting and it makes me hope it makes me hopeful that they now have obsidian and they also have bethesda so you know that path of um pillars of eternity that pillars of eternity uh elder scrolls game they were gonna make is probably just gonna be an elder scrolls game now and instead of outer worlds 2 we're probably gonna get another fallout new vegas from obsidian and I'm all for that because Fallout New Vegas, oh one man, of the best games I, ever made. You're, I never thought about that, but you're right. We we could just get Fallout New Vegas too. Like we we can. Yeah, that's a possibility. So like, on that hand, it's awesome. And you know, seeing 
that we're going to see more, you know, more doom and just doom that's going to keep being doom and keep pushing. That's excellent. And, you know, maybe, maybe having another creative oversight on top of Todd Howard for things like Elder Scrolls six or star star field. Oh, gee, that, whatever star that Gator. one. It was, like, it was star something be out for years anyway. So it's like, again, it's just interesting. Cause like all these games are so far off and that yet we already probably have a decent idea that they're not going to change too much. Uh, which is interesting in a world where Sony and Nintendo are just killing it and trying to change and, and push the industry forward. Well, like I've always, I, I think that Nintendo has kind of always had that reputation, but yeah, definitely Sony though. Like, dang, the PS4, gen, the PS4 generation, I guess if we're going to classify it as that, um, is, is evident that they are really trying to push. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope that, you know, I hope, I hope that I'm wrong because I, I want to see them succeed. Uh, I love my Xbox one for as little as I've played it because they don't have too many games for it, but yeah. It's solid enough. It's a solid enough system, <laughs> you know, for, but uh, yeah. All right then. Well, um, with that all said, though, that's our, our news. I mean, it's the beginning of the year. What, what do you guys expect? <laughs> uh, but now it's time for our main topic. And uh, if, if you're new to this, to this podcast, this is basically a little discussion thing for not only uh, kind of us, but for you, if you have, if you want to respond to this in the comments or wherever, then go right ahead. So, keeping it very light, 2021 is is a year that's coming out, and we've already got a lot of announcements. Uh, we actually even got our first announcement of a game being delayed to 2022, so that's great. But yeah, uh, hey. but yeah. So, uh, our our main topic of discussion is just what are we hyped for for 2021? Um, uh, so. If it hasn't been clear by my my channel's name, uh, I'm a Ratchet and Clank guy, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart not only being the first uh, marketed as true next gen title for the PS5, but also being pushed as like an actual marquee title uh, for the first time in effectively over a decade. I cannot wait. I just I I don't you know I don't know necessarily what they're going to be planning to do with the story. I have hunches. And I don't know that I'm going to love it. And that's fine because I just want to play more Ratchet and Clank and I want to see this series thrive and continue to succeed. And it just, it's so, so gorgeous. Yeah. It, after that, uh, after that reboot, quote unquote, um, I didn't know what the future of that series or rather franchise would, would be. Well, so the, I, I I always knew where it was going. And I, I don't want to sound like that guy where it's like, I knew all along, but I've been saying for years now, it is not a reboot. They have said it is not a reboot. It is a movie tie-in game so that they can tell the first game story again and then the movie script changed so they couldn't tell it as well as they wanted to. They've oh. pretty much said that themselves. It was always meant as since 2007, Insomniac had been pushing for a Ratchet & Clank movie. They didn't think they would get one, but they've been pushing for it. 
And the only game that they would ever have gone back and remade, they had said before, was Ratchet & Clank 1 to bring it up to the standard of the rest of the games. Because Ratchet & Clank 1 is a tough game to go back to unless you already love the game. If you start the series with Ratchet 1, you get to see how damn good Ratchet 2 is and why Ratchet 2 is a perfect sequel. But you have to play Ratchet 1 first. And I love that game. Not does not, not aged super well. So for them to be able to go back and say, hey, we're literally going to level by level remake this game. Uh, and then obviously budget issues get in the way and they're only allowed to remake a certain amount of the game. And then the movie plot changes a bunch. So they decide, oh, what if we just made Captain Quirk an unreliable narrator so that everything that's different than the original game's plots, we can just kind of wash away because they decided to change the plot and make it more uh, kid And that didn't work. So... I, I don't know. I I felt like I was the only one screaming from the rooftops as everyone's saying, oh, it's a reboot. They're going to make the next game a sequel to the movie. Oh, my God, no. They had literally said day one, this is not a reboot. It is not a remake. It is literally the advertising slogan we are using. It's a game based on a movie based on the original game. That is it. We had the opportunity to do this, and we have done it. That is it. Please stop. And nope. people still people just still kept uh so yeah that, that's interesting because yeah. i actually i didn't know that much about the development of of the game i mean it's probably because i'm just not that much of a, of a sony guy uh that in 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 that sort of way but um Rat, ratchet and clank has been one of the like a uh, few sony series that i've has always piqued my interest and the the new game definitely definitely looks like it's, it's going to be pretty good yeah i mean yeah. even if and even if i'm just like it's it's very clearly also like that one again people are asking questions of like oh do you need to play the ps3 games to understand this and no you're not going to need to uh i mean that now they've said as much but like it's i always find it interesting because like all these things since i'm such a ratchet nerd all these things are like obviously they're not going to do it this way and then they don't and everyone's like wow they didn't do it that way like they're, they're, they're using plot points in this new PS5 game that are derived from things that they teased uh, throughout the entire PS3 saga of games. Uh, but the entire PS3 saga of games stands alone, for the most part, from the PS2 saga of games. Uh, you, you play them and you get more context, but you don't need them. It's a soft reset, not a soft reboot, soft reset. So you can start with any, you know, you can start with Tools of Destruction, or you can start with Ratchet 1, or you can start with Rift Apart, the new one. And it'll work um, because they don't really expect you to play a game on two console generations prior that they're not going to take end that up kingdom hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but oh God, yeah, it's that's the one for me that there's no question in my mind is that that's the one because it's awesome to see Insomniac back in the limelight, especially they I mean, they developed Miles Morales uh, seemingly on relatively short notice uh, as a relatively budget title, obviously. Um, and that one was just great, just a great, great time. Uh, and then, you know, the following year, here's that marquee Ratchet title. And probably the following year after that, here's Spider-Man 2. And then probably the year after that, here's Ratchet again. Like, they're, they're, doing, they're doing their annual games again, possibly. And, you know, considering they only made... Uh, effectively three games last generation over the course of uh, Sunset Overdrive to Ratchet to Spider-Man um, after having made more games per year than anybody but Valve. That's awesome. It's awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, I'm going to go with, uh, well, the one that I am. Okay. Well, the one that I'll say this, there are technically three games that I, that, that I'm super hyped for, and they're all varying degrees. Um, but if I had to just pick one for the sake of, uh, brevity, um, I'd probably say no more heroes three. Cause. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, sure. It got delayed, but I kind of saw that was going to happen. Like there's no way that it, it wouldn't have, have been delayed. And, um, uh, it, it, it's scheduled for a 2021 release. So hopefully it won't get delayed again. You know, fingers crossed and all that. Um, but I think, I think it'll get a good time slot, like separate, like Nintendo's going to try and push that game a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think. And I, I will say, even though it, it, it got delayed, it now gives people, uh, some chance to play no more heroes one and two, especially since those got ported to the switch. And those are really good ports, like really good ports. Yeah, I, I still haven't picked up the Switch ports just because I haven't had time to, to play them, and I've been hoping that they're going to put a 1 and 2 physical release out at some point. Um, but yeah, man, I'm haven't so done that, honestly. That. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will before 3 is the thing. I, I, I'm sure they'll they'll drop one. They just sell them separately first, and now that, now that it's been delayed, they have extra time if they did want to produce cartridges. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but, 3, three, three yeah. just looks like it's going to be just an amazing game um i finally got a chance to play two because it got released uh re-released on on the switch because i wasn't you know in i didn't feel like paying like a hundred bucks to to get the wii version of, of two sure. <laughs> you know seems a little out of my budget uh at the time and just being able to uh, to play two which i mean i still think one is the more fulfilling game but i think two is definitely a better game in terms of like playing it which makes me think like, oh man, it was really fun to play two now with three and seeing kind of the combat, like now actually getting a taste of what a uh, normal heroes combat can be on the switch is making me really excited for, for three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's one I'm so excited for. And I hadn't even thought about it since I've been delayed. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I'll talk about the, 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 uh, the other two as, as well in case, cause, uh, I, one I'm well, I mean, since I'm an, an RPG guy, I gotta mention Shin Megami Tensei Five. That's coming out. This year. <laughs> I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I, Definitely, guys, I, it's coming I, out this year, guys. I swear to God, I, it's gonna come out. They they were silent on that game for four friggin' years. I mean, that, I mean, I, that's just Atlas, though. No, I mean, I know, but in the time that Shin Megami Tensei Four was announced versus when it released, we had Tokyo Mirage Sessions come out on both. Uh, Wii U and Switch. We had Persona 5, Persona 5 Royal, Persona 5 Strikers. They published uh, 13 Sentinels. They published um, Persona 5 and 3 Dancing and Persona 4 Dancing Remaster. It, I, they, I don't know. I just, there are so many things that have come out in between that it's hard to say, oh yeah, you know, they're just being quiet about it because uh, I don't know. That game, I think that game went through some went through some shit oh no oh no it it, it, it definitely did because he because even mine it, it was it's been years since we had anything on it like yeah. literally and years it, it's it's been longer now than when shimigami tensei cross fire emblem was announced mm -hmm. versus when it became tokyo mirage sessions and everyone got mad yeah so i just hope it comes out and it's a great game because we kind of need that for mainline smt 
we kind of need another like really solid banger. I, I cannot wait for that game to come out and people to be like, oh my God, this is like Persona. <laughs> I just, I am waiting for that day. And I'm I, so I, excited. I, I loved how, how, how everyone said that about the new uh, World Ends With You game. It's like, oh, it's just Persona, guys. Sh- Shibuya must be based on Persona. Oh my God. Didn't, didn't you know that real life Tokyo actually was modeled after Persona 5? Once you understand that Persona 5 was the first video game ever made, you'll understand everything. Persona 5 in- invented Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. I own both copies of Persona 5, and they're both sealed. I'm never going to open them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The last one I'll just briefly mention is uh, Nier. Original Nier coming back. Mm. Yes. And- I, um, I'm curious how that's going to turn out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but I don't know. Is is that officially a remake or is that just a remaster? It's officially a, a remake. It is entirely. Okay. Okay. Uh, then that'll, updated. that'll be a lot better then. Okay, good. So <laughs> it's just going to be near automata, but with Nier's story. Yes. And, that, and that's great. That's, that's literally all it kind of needs, needs to be because I mean, don't get me wrong. Original Nier is original Nier, but yeah, still has some of yeah. the, still has some of those yeah. hangups when you want to actually play the game. That's one. That's one I'm kind of excited for because I have automata, uh, automata, but um, I didn't really get more than an hour in. I was like, "This is pretty good," and I stopped. And you do, you do kind of need to set aside a good amount of time if you plan yeah. like getting well, through that. My thing was I was enjoying it, um, but that was in the phase, um, the the very probably the last game actually of the phase of my life uh, where I would just be like, "Well, I want to play the game and have a challenge. I'm going to play it on hard." Mm. Um, I played it on hard and I died on that first boss uh, at the very end. And I did not realize that that game would then start me at the start of that fight. So I went to normal, beat the boss just to, just to get payback and then have never played the game since. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's nothing against the game. It's just one of those where it was like, that was the game where I was like, yeah, why am I playing games on hard still? I have a job. I have school. I have YouTube. Uh, I don't have time for that. It's not worth it. I'm not proving anything to anybody. I'm just going to play games to have fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, uh, Near Automata is really one of those games that uh, made me interested into Near. I always kind of knew about it, but you know, it was it was a little, a little too niche for me at the time. Just at the time. Um, but then you know, Platinum, being the gods that they are, <laughs> decided to make a make a really fun game, and now. I I can't stop thinking about Nier. So thank you and for that. Uh I really hope that this that this remake uh ends up just continuing uh uh the amazing gameplay that uh, Automata had and uh maybe it looks like it's going to be a little bit more refined too, which is which would be very nice. And uh yeah, I guess, I guess the only thing left to kind of just talk about that is that we aren't going to get old man Nier so for Everyone that liked Old Man, I'm sorry, he's not canon. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I'm I'm curious if they're gonna then try and go back and do anything with Dragon Guard, because I feel like that's the next step. I don't oh, think yeah. they will, because I think near the near name is the brand that sells by yeah, itself. If and- if if they're gonna do that, then they're gonna have to rebrand it as near something. 
Yeah. Which is just not going to work at all. I mean, yeah. eh, it, it, it could for three, but that's kind of it. But eh, that's kind of it. Well, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting because near, as far as I know, unless things have changed since then, uh, Automata outsold Persona 5. Like, people don't realize because, like, near is seen right? as a more niche base. game. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, when you add Royal into the mix, Persona 5 as a, as a double game set definitely outsold it because you have the same people buying the game twice. Um, but I, th- those games came out around the same time, uh, generally, somewhere in that same 2017 range. Uh, and everyone has always, like, you know, talked up Persona 5 uh, for good reason. From what I understand, at least, again, I haven't played it. Uh, I will one day, but I don't plan too soon. Well, I don't plan to play regular ever anyway, because Royal exists. But y- you know what I mean. Um, but everyone always kind of was like, "Yeah, no one really knew what Near was compared to Persona Five because of the weird Twitter zeitgeist that exists." And then Near always performed better, and that I always found fascinating. So, like, the Near series has some selling power. For sure, definitely. All right, then. Well, um, if that is all that uh, we, we, I have to, left to say, then, well, I guess I'll, I'll turn the question on onto the, our audience. If you have a game that you're hyped for, let, let me know about it. Put it in the comments of the video, if you're watching the video, uh, if you're watching this or listening to this on the apps or whatever, you know, I, I, I guess you could, you could tweet at me. I'll probably mute you, but, you know, you can. You can try. You can try want to do that sure uh but yeah i want to thank uh mr the golden bolt for coming on to the podcast this was really fun thank you for deciding to spend an hour plus just talking about games of course thank you for having me it's a lot of fun all right um i know you already said you had a youtube channel but is there any other other places where people might be able to find you and that you want Um, them to find you Sure, sure. I'll throw I'll throw a little bit out there. So if you do want to find me, um, you can just search the Golden Bolt uh, anywhere. You'll find me. Um, I'm twitter.com slash the Golden Bolt, youtube.com slash the Golden Bolt, twitch.tv slash the Golden Bolt. Um, my plan is to get into streaming sometime around March um, for the channel's fifth anniversary because the Golden Bolt is turning five in March. That's an accomplishment. Just, just insane to me. Um, and th- those are the main spots you can find me. Um, I normally talk about games or you know, the work that I do over at um, NewTubers, which is a community that I um, I founded with a, a buddy of mine that has since become the largest content creator community ever. Um, so if any of you that are watching or listening uh, are, you know, aspiring content creators, uh, check out NewTubers either on Reddit or um, or the Discord, uh, which is discord.gg slash NewTubers, I believe is still the short link we have, um, where we can try and help you learn and grow and figure out uh, how to find an audience on these ever-changing platforms of YouTube, Twitch, Instagram Live, whatever it might be. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Well, I want to thank you just once again for uh, for being on the podcast. And I want to thank uh, all of like lovely listeners for uh, tuning in for it. So, with all that said, my name is Gumshoe. Uh, ba-boop-ba-beep. That's it. That's the outro.